The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello and welcome to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and thank you for tuning in. I am taking deep breaths today, and I I know I asked Rachel, I said you're going to have to keep me calm because I'm getting a little bit fired up. So I'm joined here by Karen, and I'm not going to trust her to keep me calm today. I am here to keep you calm. No, because you're going to get just as fired up as I am. Maybe, but I'm going to refrain. Mm, I don't believe you. Okay, so I am Deb Tomorrow. I'm a realtor in Bloomington, Indiana. If you've never listened to the show, thank you for tuning in. Uh, We've been promoting this show quite a bit in the past couple of days because we're talking about a really, really hot topic, and that is FHA uh, loans and the recent uh, cuts. Not cuts. Uh, there was a going to be a cut, and now it's not a cut, back and forth, and is it the new administration? Yeah, la, 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 la. We are not going to talk politics today. No, we're I not. swear we are not going to talk not. politics. We're going to talk about history. We're going to talk about context. Um, as I was listening to the intro, which I've heard a million times, um, it says, you know, we want to help you make smart decisions about buying a home, selling a home, staying in the home you're in. And that is our goal today is to give you some information so you can draw your own conclusions and not get sucked into the media frenzy that uh, so many people are enjoying creating. So Karen is a lender, and we're going to rely on her heavily today. She's at Hallmark Home Mortgage. She is the best name lender in the state of Indiana. Thank you. And what color are your fingernails? Uh, My nail polish is black. Black as your soul. No, um, (laughs) it looks great. We had a lot of discussion over the weekend about nail polish color in an attempt to divert attention from uh, everything FHA else. drama, yes, right? Yes. Let's talk about nail color polish. Yep. So you think I need to get black fingernails? I totally think so. Okay, I may uh, think about that. but I know it's a young person thing, but I totally went for it, and I feel fabulous. <sighs> Do you? Two days in, oh, and I gosh. am rocking the black nail polish. Okay. We will think about that. We may be Facebook living some of this show today. Uh, I said it was going to be dependent on my hair. That didn't turn out well. It looks fantastic. Uh, I, no, I just, I ended up, I just sort of tried to straighten it, but with a blow dryer, that's a whole big thing because it's really not meant to be straightened. I just uh, saw on the Tonight Show, I was watching, uh, li- I think it was last night's Tonight Show. So, anyways, there's a new segment. It's between uh, one of the band members and one of the writers. Mm-hmm. And all they show are like still shots, but it's their whole podcast. It's a conversation. So, maybe that's what Rachel should do for us is show a picture from you from like oh, 1989 72. Yes. And maybe me from like 19 no. or 2017, and then we could just have the conversation. <laughs> so. Because last night I sent Carol, Karen some 
my senior picture. That was awesome. With there's a lot of hair there, but it did mm-hmm. not compare to your hair in your senior picture, which took up the entire frame. No, and maybe a week or so, maybe I will. I'll update my social media to have. <sighs> That'd be the best day ever. Everything across the board will have my red hair. It was, yeah, not only huge, but red, but it was yeah, huge. It was pretty big. Mine was just sort of long and flowy, and I don't know. And there was lots of black eyeliner involved because it was the 90s. Yep. All right. So like we said today, this is not a political show. It's a history show. We're going to talk about the history of FHA loans for a little bit because I just want to give you some background. Again, I want to give you some context. Um, And then we're going to arm you with factual knowledge and you can form your own opinions from there. You're going to probably hear some of my opinions, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm not sorry for that. Don't be sorry Because for it's your my opinion. damn show, and I can say whatever the hell I want. But I'm not trying to be like, you know, Rush Limbaugh or Dennis Miller or whoever. I mean, that's not my point. I'm just trying to, you know, tell you how I'm interpreting things, and you are certainly welcome to interpret things however you would like to interpret things. Does that make sense? You're not obligated to agree with me. I respect that. How's that? Is that good, Rachel? That's good. Okay. All right, so let's talk about, usually we talk about some fun things at the beginning, but I think we're just going to jump right into it, because you say every week I complain at the end of the show that I need 20 more minutes, and then it's pointed out to me that I waste 20 minutes at the beginning of every show talking I, about I HGTV what and whatever. About. I mm-hmm. never said any of that, yeah. but okay. I will say that I don't think I watched anything this weekend. No HGTV? I didn't watch any HGTV. I didn't even. I didn't watch any reality shows. I didn't watch... I honestly didn't watch anything. I did either. I think I worked all weekend. Yeah. There was some football something going on. but There was some football going on. Whatever. Okay. Let's talk about FHA. So FHA loans. Not everybody gets them, but a lot of people do. My first loan was an FHA loan. Um, And that is FHA stands for Federal Housing Administration. FHA does not make the loan. Do you want to, I can tell you want to like, and I would love for you to talk. (laughs) Jump in. I just want to. I want to preface that any of my opinions or comments, gotcha, um, are reflective of just myself. Yes, not of the company I work for. Right. Um, duly noted. Duly noted. And I'll try to be as vague as I can, just like any other politician, because mm-hmm. there are some compliance issues and there are are things when it comes to marketing and advertising that I cannot say. But I will definitely stick to points. And uh, and facts, but also at the same time, um, I think maybe in my tone, you might definitely feel how I feel about certain things. But I definitely want to say this is the opinion of, of just me as a person. So if you cough once, we, we know you agree <laughs> with something. And if you cough twice, we know you disagree. Uh, Can there be some sort of... Yeah, I'll forget that a little bit. Okay, we'll we'll make a little uh, cue card for you. Okay. All right. So FHA loan. And FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, does not make the loan, but they insure the loan. So here's how I explain it to people. And Karen, don't get offended. Lenders out there, don't get offended. But I say lenders don't trust you. So in certain circumstances when they are making loans and it you have maybe less than great credit, you have less than great down payment, you have less than great debt to income ratio, they will take out an insurance policy that says if they have to default on you, foreclose on you, and they get the house back, they probably have to sell it at a discount, you don't have much equity in it, they are going to uh, be insured against any out-of-pocket costs. And... There at FHA is one of the insurers. 
Does that make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense to me. I like the way I personally like the way that you present that to like your home buyer courses and things like that because it just breaks it down for the everyday buyer as to what this even means. Right. Um, and it also pokes at lenders for not trusting <laughs> because there is so much documentation and all this other stuff that goes along with uh, lending. But I definitely like the fact that it is it's a way to get a regular ordinary person wanting to buy a house using FHA financing to understand like what what this is. Right. So the way that I put it was that here's the federal government actually trying to do something for us. They want uh, lenders to trust us. So what the federal government does is they go out and they say, we got their back. Mm-hmm. They go, hey, borrower, we got your back. And we're going to tell the lender, we got your back. So we are going to insure you so that you can get this loan because they're trying to, um, you know, strengthen the housing market. Um, let me jump down to the history. I, my notes are kind of all over the place because I was on Fuego this morning as I was working on them. And it's sort of just a, a vomit of information. So bear with me. I know that was probably not a great image, was it? Uh, no, I'm glad you didn't do that here Alrighty. in person. So history of the FHA. How did it start? His, uh, during the Great Depression is actually when it started. 1934. Did you know that? No, I did not. Wikipedia will tell you anything. Uh, during the Great Depression, many banks failed, which caused a drastic decrease in home loans and home ownership. At the time, most home mortgages, think about this, were short term. They were three to five years. No amortization. Like you buy your house, you pay it off in three years. Um, you know, no, everything was, it was really, really different. Um, and the banking crisis of the 1930s forced all the lenders to uh, foreclose on people. Refinancing wasn't available. Uh, many borrowers were now unemployed and unable to make their mortgage payments and all those foreclosures caused the housing market values to plummet um, and banks to close down as well. It was just kind of a hot mess. Okay. So in 1934, the federal banking system was restructured and there was a National Housing Act of 1934 created, the Federal Housing Administration. Its intent was to regulate the rate of interest and the terms of mortgages that it insured. These new lending practices increased the number of people who could afford a down payment on a house and the monthly debt service payments on a mortgage, making those affordable, thereby increasing the size of the market for single family homes. So it's been around a long, long time, which is kind of, um, I don't know, I'm always amazed. It's like, you know, when something like that has been around 100 years, we know we're doing something right. Let's not be so hard on ourselves. We know we're doing something right. Um, In 1965, the Federal Housing Administration became part of the Department of Housing and Urban Development, the HUD. So that's why we always hear FHA and HUD. So uh, Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, is the new head of HUD. Which seems a little odd to everyone, but you know, I'm sure he's a smart man. He's a brain surgeon. Um, so he is now in charge of that. And Castro was the gentleman who was in charge of HUD before that, not Fidel. I don't remember his name, but Castro. We don't usually right talk about who's the head of <laughs> HUD. But right. um, th- th- here's something really, really important to understand. Probably one of the key points to understand for the rest of our discussion today. The uh, FHA is one of the few federal agencies that is completely self funded. Okay. They don't use taxpayer money as in when you pay your annual income taxes, money from that goes towards supporting them. They are completely self-funded. 
Well, until it went bankrupt in 2012, and we're going to talk about that. But that is important because everybody wants it to stay self-funded, which is why a lot of the decisions, all of the decisions that are made that we're going to talk about today are all based on that fact that what do we need to do to keep this agency healthy so it can stay self-funded and uh, and we don't have to rely on taxpayer money to run it. Um, why, let's see, why do people choose FHA loans over other loans? In general, like yeah. just general terms, probably low down payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time where the down payment, uh, it was the only program that was available where the down payment could be gift funds mm-hmm. from a family member mm-hmm. or, you know, it didn't have to come from your own savings account. You mm-hmm. could get that from mm-hmm. a relative. Mm-hmm. Um, don't they also have more generous debt to income ratios? So it's popular with people who have higher debt, especially student loans. Yes. I know I've had a lot of borrowers who end up having to go FHA, even though they maybe have a little bit more down payment. Right. Because their debt to income ratio is just a higher risk. That is correct. Yep. Sometimes they have a little bit more leniency on credit scores. They do allow for uh, versus conventional or conforming loans. The credit scores can be a little bit lower, mm-hmm. and you still get a fantastic interest rate Great. on the FHA loan. And uh, sometimes I've read that sometimes that mortgage insurance premium can be better with an FHA if you have poor credit, even if you had the down payment. Um, it because can again, be the sometimes. government's trying to say, "Hey, we got your back. We're going to help you." make the American dream come true. So now we've talked a lot about mortgage insurance. Let's talk briefly about what that is because that's going to be the the crux of the rest of the show. Mortgage insurance is not to be confused with hazard insurance. Some people call it fire insurance, but it's not the same thing. This is not ensuring that if a tree falls through your roof, it gets fixed. This is ensuring that if you default on your loan, your lender is not going to lose a ton of money. There is two ways that that is typically paid with an FHA loan. There's an upfront fee that's paid at closing or rolled into your mortgage, and then there is a monthly fee. And we're going to talk about both those upfront fees and monthly fees. Those premiums go into a fund called the Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund. And that is what's used to run the FHA program and insure losses. It's sort of a self-funding, kind of like a group health care fund. So everybody pays into that fund when they get an FHA loan. All right, let's go to break. We may Facebook Live when we come back. We'll see. Uh, None of us are feeling very good about our hair today, but we'll see. Keep listening. More really, really good information coming up. This is Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. 
That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. We are back and out of control. What did, what did the engineer just tell me to do? Calm, calm down. down. <laughs> the engineer tells you to calm down. Wow, that's a, that's a good sign. Okay, so we are attempting to go Facebook Live uh, shortly. I think we have to type in a title or something, but we're going to be up here in just a second. So we're talking today about the um, FHA recent changes, not changes. I call psych. Changes, yeah, like, <laughs> not changes, uh, in FHA that has created a lot of drama. So, Karen, you you ran into it this past week or past few days with absolutely a client. yes. So, so in, they came into your office and said, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, not like that, but yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yes, because I saw it on Facebook and tried to kind of jump in, which I probably shouldn't have, because I should just keep my mouth shut on Facebook and post pictures of puppies. But, um, and people were like, you know, still kind of questioning. So that's really what brought about this show. I just feel really passionately that we needed to understand what's going on. Um, so on January 9th, HUD who oversees FHA, which we just talked about, the Federal Housing Administration, HUD, announced that they were decreasing, and this is under the Obama administration, Yes. and we're going to use administration names to point out that it's not a Democrat or Republic thing, it's just a messed up political system thing. Uh, HUD announced on January 9th that they were decreasing the monthly mortgage insurance premiums um, on their FHA loans. We talked about how there's upfront premiums and then there's a monthly premium. Now, that monthly premium is typically, you know, depends on the purchase price of your house, but it could add 100 to $200 a month onto your payment, right? Yes. It so it's significant. It changes your world. It's an important number to figure into your payment. Yeah. But they were going to decrease that monthly fee. Great news, right? But I want to ask everyone, did you know on January 9th that that happened? If you were listening to our show, you did. (laughs) Because we did talk about it. Because as lenders and realtors, we were like, oh, that's nice. Yes. Um, I'm sure every lender and lenders who share that information with their agents throughout the country knew that that was coming up. But was it headline news on CNN? I I don't believe so. Was it headline news on our local Channel 8 TV station? Uh, I don't think so. No, it was not on the local news. But last Friday, January 20th, right after the inauguration ceremony, that rule was suspended. It wasn't killed, but it was suspended. And that has since hit uh, headline news, local news. You saw a news thing uh, about it last night. We're going to talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. It's been all over the place. People are completely panicked. There goes the economy, I think, is what one of my uh, um, Facebook friends, clients on Facebook, he's a friend too, um, said. 
you know, he's like, well, that can't be good for the economy. And it's back to this doom and gloom. Um, and so that really kind of got me digging. I mean, I kind of had my opinion to begin with, but I have really found out a lot of fascinating information in the past couple of days. And in fact, late last night at 11 o'clock last night, I was having a conversation with the um, senior Oh, I always get his title wrong. Senior legislative representative for the National Association of Realtors out of Washington, D.C. was so kind to respond to my emails at 11 o'clock last night and then again this morning and really enlightened me with some information uh, and context. So we're going to talk about that context. But first, let's talk about, um, I just, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. I was going to talk a little bit about the drama because it just pisses me off. Because here's my point. So this story you saw in the news last night. Mm-hmm. Here's how it goes. I'm going to read you the transcript from it. Shock. That's the first word. Shock over sudden. I know Rachel's like, ah, shock. Shock over sudden suspension of mortgage insurance rate cuts. (gasps) Homebuyers across Indiana are learning they'll have to pay more for their dream home than they initially thought after a promised, you promised me, promised uh, engineer, you might want to send me the yoga pose again. I need to calm down a little bit. (laughs) Uh, After a promised mortgage insurance cut rate was, a rate cut was halted. President Obama's team announced an FHA mortgage insurance premium cut from 0.85%, that's how they figure your monthly mortgage insurance, to 0.60 during his final days in office. It was supposed to go into effect on January 27th. On Friday, the department, this is again the new story, uh, on Friday, the Department of Housing and Urban Development said the reduction to the annual mortgage insurance premium borrows pay when taking out government-backed loans have been suspended indefinitely. They put that in quotes. We were shocked. We were very shocked. This is what a lender says. Uh, she said the, the lender says the announcement of the cut was a very exciting time for homebuyers who were looking forward to the discount. I mean, sure, who doesn't like a discount, right? Absolutely. It's like you go in with a coupon, all excited, and then you find out like the coupon's expired or, you it's know, whatever. Not, you can't use yeah, it. You can't use it on that day. You can't use it on that day, right? Like Hobby Lobby. Bummer. Right. Um, so the, the letter explains, if you were getting a $100,000 mortgage, that meant that your annual mortgage insurance was going to go down roughly $250 a year or about $20 a month. Mm-hmm. That's a nice 20 bucks. Karen, how do you feel if that $20 changes your world? Me as a mm-hmm. person or as a lender? As a lender. As a lender. And again, I'm going to preface this with, uh, these are just my opinions and views, not the company I work for. I feel like since FHA does allow for some lenient debt-to-income ratios and some other leniency on underwriting, I feel that if this discount in an FHA uh, mortgage insurance premium is going to make or break you buying a, a home, then we need to relook at your purchase point. We need to look at, you know, we need to reevaluate your price point. And if $20 is going to put you out of the market for buying a home, then maybe we should reevaluate you purchasing at that amount. As I like to say to you, what you're going to do if your furnace goes out, if you can't afford $20 a month, you know, maybe cutting it too close. Right. Now, you know, in respect to the lender that I saw on the local news last night, mm-hmm. I mean, these could have definitely been loans already in the in process under contract, you know. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm going to talk about yeah, that. Everything yeah. started. Um, I would feel like. Why don't we look again and just see, okay, now that this was repealed, what does this person qualify for? Maybe it's not 100000 Maybe it's 85000 right. Let's lower it. Let's lower the purchase price and re, uh, like pre-approve them, pre-qualify them, and figure out what they can afford because I don't know who can sleep at night. Right. 
knowing that a $20, for example, right. is going to push you over the edge. It's going to push you over the edge. Yeah. Well, one of the other things in this article, it says that eager buyers were calling up realtors and brokers when they found out about the uh, discount. And I'm calling bullshit on that. They it might it call just didn't you. happen. They might call you. No. I think you're one of the busiest uh, agents in Bloomington in Monroe County. Yeah. They might call you. No, not okay. about that. Okay. They called me for other reasons, but not about that. Um, and the, the lender said, I've never seen anything like this before. And it goes on. However, my point is, if you watch this news story, I know Karen's going crazy. Um, there was never any explanation as to what the rationale was, why it was cut. Again, there was no context. Um, there was, and I feel like news sources and other organizations should be giving you that information. Um, but instead, they just want you to be shocked and, and go from there. So let's take a second and be informed, okay? Before we run out of time, um, here's the statement that the FHA released uh, from the, they send out mortgagee letters. I don't understand that. But whenever they make a policy change, they send out a mortgagee letter and Karen says, here's the mortgagee letter. And I'm like, oh, there's four pages. I need two paragraphs of it. It says FHA is committed to ensuring its mortgage insurance programs remain viable and effective in the long term for all parties involved, especially taxpayers. Do you remember how I said in the first segment, FHA is one of the few government agencies that's completely self-funded. It is not funded with taxpayer dollars. They would like to keep it completely self-funded. As such, more analysis and research are deemed necessary to assess future adjustments while also considering potential market conditions in an ever-changing global economy that could impact our efforts. Is that BS? I don't know. I mean, it might be. We can all write down words. It could be BS. Maybe you think it is. Maybe, you know, your feelings about the current administration are so strong that it doesn't matter what I say. It could be. But my point is that if you are freaking out over this ex- uh, suspension, can you explain to me why it was done? The media is not giving us that information. I want you at least to explain to me specifically what the impact is going to be and why you're freaking out. Um, I also want to talk about something else that I learned this morning uh, from uh, his name's Ken Wingert, I think is the correct name, the National Association of Realtors uh, Legislative Representative, and it is called Midnight Regulations. And I didn't know this. I mean, how much are we really informed about how the federal government works? Which I think is a complete aside, which I can do because it's my show. Uh, I think that one of the great things that's going to come from this election is the fact that we're all going to end up more informed whether we like it or not. We are going to be more aware of how things work um, and probably have stronger opinions on what's important to us and what's not important to us. And that's only good stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Okay. Midnight regulations is a term for the uh, United States federal government regulations cr- uh, created by executive branch agencies in the lame duck period of an outgoing president's administration. U.S. federal law mandates that any major regulatory changes, there's a 60-day waiting period from when they're enacted to when they become law. And so some presidents, and there was there, there are always memos put out in the summertime before a change in administration that says, if you're going to do something, do it now. Because come November, you know, it's lame duck period, and what is going to happen every single time is that the new administration is going to come in and they are going to suspend everything. Everything that's been enacted in the past 60 days, they are going to suspend and they're going to go, all right, we need to stop. We need to take a look at this. Does this meet our agenda? Does this, you know, meet our goal? Every single administration. Okay. Jimmy Carter, George Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Trump. 
every administration. The difference is that for some reason that I can't explain, and I would sure love an answer from the Trump administration. Hello, are you out there, Trump administration? I would love an answer to this. Um, is that too, typically they just make a sweeping sort of like, okay, everything is like one proclamation that everything is suspended. Mm-hmm. They don't like nitpick them one at a time. In this case, they did pull out one, and I don't know if they were trying to give Dr. Ben Carson credibility. I, I don't know why they did it. That's what I would like an answer to, is that why did they kind of put a spotlight on this one? Because it sort of ended up creating more drama than anything else, when there's probably a million other things that they suspended that's not getting the same attention. That is very, po- yeah, very possible. Um, part of it, I think, is politics. You know, the this article here that I was reading to learn a little bit more about this whole midnight regulations thing is that some experts argue that most um, regulatory changes that are put into effect after the election, the last 60 days of somebody's presidency, are primarily political symbolism. And everybody in politics knows that. We didn't know that, right? I didn't know that. But that is typically what it is. They expect, they know that the next administration is going to suspend it. So it's almost like that, you know, stab you in the back on the way out the door. Like you said at the beginning, psych. Yeah, like. psych. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I want to point that out because I just thought that was really interesting. Um, oh, if you can see on the Facebook Live, I've stapled my papers the wrong way. So I'm a little helter skelter here. But um, Jimmy Carter published more than 10,000 pages of new rules between Election Day and Ronald Reagan's inauguration. And most of those were suspended. Mm-hmm. So they could go back and take a look at them and see what the heck they were doing. Um, George Bush, his administration acted to block, or, yeah. Yeah, when George Bush took office, can you hear the sirens going by? Thanks, fire trucks. Uh, when George Bush took office in 2001, his administration acted to block the implementation of 90 final rules that were issued in the final months of the Clinton administration. Um, Barack Obama, same thing. He did it. And his every administration, doesn't matter what party you are, they all do it. It's stupid. I agree. But they all do it. So I think the fact that we're calling attention to this, and we've never called attention to it in the past, is sort of telling. And I blame Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Mark, I know I'm on Facebook Live right now, but I blame you um, for bringing this to our attention, and hopefully we can um, learn from it. So I will tell you, um, I'm not happy with a lot of people in this whole scenario. I'm not thrilled with the way the suspension happened, that the spotlight was put on it. Um, I'm not thrilled with the way the media has pounced on it. In all honesty, I'm not super thrilled with the National Association of Realtors' response. I love you guys. And I've told them that in my conversations with them in the past two days that I wish that because here's what happened. They came out and they said 30 to 40,000 people will not be able to buy homes, will be put on the sidelines in terms of home buying because of this, um, because those were people that were going to be pushing the limits and couldn't qualify or whatever. I know. And then Karen goes crazy and it doesn't make sense to me. Here's what National Association of Realtors said to me today. They said they always come out with those numbers every time there's an FHA change. And we're going to talk in the last segment about all the different examples of all the FHA changes over the past 10 years. So you can see that this one's really pretty minimal, that we have certainly endured much harder changes. Um, that they, uh, if, if The National Association of Realtors just automatically does the calculations and comes up with a number, and that's their press release. Hmm. And I was like, you know, I think you need a little more context in that press release. 
to explain to people a little bit more, not tell them how they should feel about it, but to give a little bit more context. I don't know whether they took me seriously or not. They're probably getting ready to revoke my license right now, but <laughs> there you go. Um, so they issued the standard statement that they always do. And I don't think they thought, realized that the media was not treating it like a normal FHA change. Right. There have been, and you're going to talk about it in the next segment. There's so, there have been so many FHA changes over the time, over time yeah. in general. And some of them are crazy. And I mean, when I tell you, you're going to be like, what? And all of this talk, uh, no matter what side you're on, just reminds me of a statistics, a, a statistics class I took in college where you can skew any type of yeah. Anything, yeah, and say, hey, you know, eighty percent of people, or what, or you know, like you know, forty-three dentists out of you know, sixty said this. Well, right. okay, whatever. What I'm saying is, I feel like sometimes not all the information is presented to everybody, yeah, and it it does suck for those that had loans in process and they were going to get this great benefit, and yes. now they're not. And that I, I want to finish this segment by saying that because that was a big part. There's a couple angles. I want to look at the history that we're going to talk about in the next segment to kind of say, hey, this change isn't that big a deal. However, there are people that are affected by this change. And to those people, I want to say this blows. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. It is. It's like going in thinking you have the coupon and then finding out the coupon's expired. You yeah. know, and you really counted on having that extra $40 a month or whatever. And that sucks. It sucks for the lenders to have to make those calls and it sucks for the borrowers. And there were probably a few people out there who were pushing the limit and couldn't all of a sudden qualify for the house. Not a lot, not 30 to 40,000, I promise you. Um, But that does suck. And so I want to recognize that. And if any of those people need a hug, I'm happy to, I'm not a hugger, but I would do that for you because I feel your pain. That sucks that much. Okay. But for the rest of us, let's talk in our next segment about how um, the impact really is probably pretty minimal compared to the things we've gone through with FHA in the past. Mm -hmm. So stick around. We've got one more segment that we're going to talk about. We're going to probably do another Facebook Live, um, uh, whatever it's called, filming. I don't know what it's called uh, when we come back on the next segment. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? 
What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate today.com that's deb at real real estate today.com now back to this week's program we are in our final segment continuing our ranting and raving and hopefully everybody is taking it for what it's worth which is lots of good information that is bipartisan um, we're hoping to Facebook live this but we have no idea what we're doing so it's quite possible it hasn't shown up but we're going to try anyways so this last segment what I wanted to talk about was some of the FHA changes that Karen and I have seen in our careers over for me over the past 10 years uh, and I would just want you to think about are these changes more or less um, impactful to the borrower uh, in the long term than the one that we had didn't have psych uh, last week, which was somewhere between twenty and forty dollars a month on average, um, and kind of take that into context, mm-hmm. and then um, also think about what administration these occurred uh, under, because my point is it doesn't matter. It's really, I mean, certainly we all need to be vigilant, which is kind of how I want to end things. Yura says to me every day as I leave the house, be vigilant. That's what we say to each other. Uh, You know, we all need to be vigilant. I'm not giving anybody a, you know, a pass, a free pass. Mm -hmm. But we need to put things in perspective. So let's talk about, and Karen, I think this was a little bit before you started because it was right, right at the very beginning of when I started in real estate. And that is that it remains a fact today that um, there are some nonprofit programs that provide grant money towards that FHA down payment of 3.5%. You were telling me about this the other day. Yeah, and you were like, what? I said, that that was before my time. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So there are grant programs. In today's world, you can, there are certain legitimate, you know, grant programs. Uh, You know, I only know of one in the state of Indiana where you can go and get down payment assistance and they will grant you the money for that 3%, 3 3.5% down payment. However, back in the good old days of almost subprime lending, 2006, uh, there were sort of fake nonprofits. And what we would do is we would write offers that said the seller is going to donate 3% of the purchase price to this fake nonprofit. It wasn't technically fake, but it felt fake. So the seller's going to donate the down payment, and then the nonprofit's going to donate the, or grant you the money for the down payment. That's how you bought a house with no down payment. The seller kind of giving you that Mm -hmm. money back. Um, In 2006, and a lot of people were doing that, but in 2006, the um, Internal Revenue Service goes, yeah, that's a little shady. (laughs) And so the FHA came out with a rule that said you can't do that anymore. That threw a lot of people out of the housing market because they were using that as no money down financing. And now you had to buy a house and you had to have some skin in the game. You had to have some money down, Mm -hmm. right? Finding a loophole. Right. Like like most people. Most people would. Right. Right. 
But not, I mean, a little more impactful to people than $20 mm-hmm. a month, right? All right. In 2009, this one was interesting. It happened in early January of 2009, which is when there was a, a change from the Bush administration to the Obama administration. The FHA down payment changed. You remember that? The upfront mortgage interest No, payment? the down payment. The down payment. Used to be 3%. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I, you know, well, you said it was 2009. I got yeah. into lending in 2010. Okay. In 2009, the down payment was 3%. And then the it went to 3.5%. Okay. So they raised the down payment a half a percent. We need to cue the uh, dun, dun. SV yeah. music. Dun, dun. Yes. Okay. So that, I mean, you know, you're buying a $100,000 house. That's another $500 that you have to come up mm-hmm. with. Boom. That happened overnight. Mm-hmm. That change stuck. That's a pretty big change, right? That is a huge change. Huge change to people. All right, let's get back into the times where Karen might remember. Um, I thought this one was interesting. I don't know much about it, but I th- I, th- I think it kicks some buyers out of the game. In 2010, they did a lot of changes. 2010 was a chaotic year for FHA. I don't know if you remember, but as I looked up the history, I was like, oh, I'm confused. I had to keep going back and looking at it. Um, one of the things they did was if you had a credit score of 580 or below, they're like, we'll still loan to you, but now you have to have 10% down. Instead of three and a half. That I don't remember because the company I worked for, didn't we, did, we didn't go down yeah. to a 580 yeah. score. Sure. But I mean, going from a three and a half percent to a 10% down, game changer for a lot of people. Absolutely. That was a big change. Did that make the news? I don't recall. I don't think it did. Okay. Um, they also capped seller concessions at 3%. used to be you could get up to 6% um, towards closing cost assistance and things like that. And that certainly hurt some people. Um, remember when we talked at the beginning of the show about how there's two, two ways that you pay your mortgage insurance. There's an upfront premium and then there's a monthly for premium. Right. Well, it seems like in 2010, they were like all over the place with those premiums and they'd raise the upfront and then you have a chart there, right? I do. They raise the upfront and then they lower the upfront, but they'd raise the monthly. But at one point that upfront premium, it was sitting at about 1.75% for a while. And then... No, if you go back, this is what I was telling oh, my coworkers. I said, I need to research this. But when I started, I remember the upfront premium being 1%. Mm-hmm. And now maybe I'm getting that mixed up with other government backed uh, loans. Mm-hmm. But no, in 2010. Well, see, this is what I mean. Look, it was 2.25%. Right. But then it fell way down to 1%. Six months later. So in April of 2010, the upfront was at 2.25% yeah. of your purchase price. Right. So if you were buying a $100,000 house, you had to come up with $2,500 for your upfront premium. Well, right. 2,250. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But yeah, yeah. Two minutes, two minutes, but then yeah. like six months later, they then decreased that upfront to 1%. Sweet. Absolutely. But in the meantime, when they decreased that, they increased how they calculate the monthly right. portion that okay. you pay with your mortgage. Yep. So payment. they're lowering the upfront, but they were raising the back end. And exactly. they were bouncing around in 2010, left and right with that whole mm-hmm. thing. Super, super confusing. And I you know, and I guess my point is, I, and we're still, I think, today's world better off than where we were in 2010 in terms of those rates. Um, but you know, but did that make news in 2010? No, no, no not really. Um, in 2011, the monthly premiums went up again. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, both the upfront fee and the yes. monthly premiums went up. 
I don't know how our rock star lenders keep track of all of this. It's pretty, <laughs> I'll tell you, those were, for the longest time, a lot of those numbers were things that you just remembered. Yeah. And you just knew. Okay, like FHA loans in most areas, you can't exceed a loan amount of this. You can't exceed debt to income of this number. And then every time there was a change, it was like, okay, it's one change. Let me see if I can remember that one piece. Because everything in the lending world is constantly changing. So my point is this, that through 2010, 2011, those rates were going up and down and they were juggling them. They were trying to find the right spot so that they could make sure they've got enough money. The FHA, remember we talked about that mortgage fund that, um, so it's self-funding, but it is mandated by the federal government that a certain amount has to be in that fund. It's a percentage of something. And so, you know, they're constantly juggling, trying to make sure, and that's what they're trying to do today is they're saying, before we make a cut, let's make sure that that's not going to mess with how much is in our account? Because guess mm-hmm. what happened with all this juggling we had going on? By November of 2012, FHA was essentially bankrupt. Okay, part of that was a subprime, and a part of that was, you know, there was just lots and lots of foreclosures because of the recession. Um, and so in April of 2013, they had to raise the premiums yet again. And then on top of that, they required a taxpayer. Did I talk about this? I don't think I did. I've I've vented about it six times today to different people. I can't remember who I've told what to. Um, In 2013, the uh, FHA basically declared bankruptcy and required a taxpayer bailout of $1.7 billion to get that fund back up to where it needed to be to keep the housing market continuing. Um, Think about $1.7 billion dollars could buy $17,000, $100,000 homes for families. So don't you want people to be prudent and make sure that we're making the right mm-hmm. decisions so that we don't have to do another taxpayer bailout, that we don't make? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that those were mistakes that the FHA was making that caused that you know, bankruptcy. It was the economy as a whole. One of the big, big changes um, that happened in 2013, this is the one you were talking about, Karen, and that was that that monthly it used to be that with that monthly mortgage insurance premium you paid every month but when you hit 20 percent equity in your house you could make it go away so you get a nice little bonus because your house payment will go down you wouldn't have to pay that anymore because fha said okay you've got enough equity you know you're fine now you're you're a stronger borrower uh they've done away with that in 2013 Mm -hmm. and you pay that mortgage insurance whether it's 150 dollars 200 dollars whatever for the life of that mortgage or until you refinance. Correct. If you have that mortgage for 30 years, you would pay that until the very end. Think about $150 a month for 30 years and how much that will cost you. And tell me that that policy did not have a huge impact on a lot of home buyers. And I can tell you, I don't recall any homeowner or you know purchaser coming in who was getting a loan at that time that ever said to me, are you kidding me? You know, like that's going to be on for the life of my loan. Like, I mean, we had conversations for sure, but it was never at the forefront of that person's. Uh, I want to have a. I want to have an appointment with you. Let's talk about this. Like, I'm really concerned. FHA for multiple reasons could be the only reason why uh, the only loan program that could be available to a particular person. But I will tell you that that having uh, MIP for the life of the loan wasn't the forefront of our conversations. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, because people are just doing what they need to do to get into houses. I do want to say the National Association of Realtors is working hard to um, encourage that that rule be repealed. Mm-hmm. Um, that is certainly at the top of their agenda um, for sure. I wanted to talk about a couple other things in our last couple minutes of other changes. There were a lot of changes, kind of a flurry of changes in 2015, 2016 that came about. But one big one were how student loans were counted. So in the past, um, and, and Karen and I have both personally seen this literally kick people out of the housing market and not just kick people out of the housing market for a year or two but kicking them out of the housing market for 10 years because here's what happens Uh, it used to be that uh, student loans were in deferment for at least 12 months that that didn't count towards the borrower's debt to income ratio we had a lot of people coming in Um, I had one client who was an attorney but he was doing nonprofit work and knew that um, all of his huge student uh, bills uh, student loans would be forgiven because of his nonprofit work in 10 years Mm -hmm. he couldn't buy a house because this rule changed and it says that even if your loans are in deferment you have to count something so your options are to take your loan out of deferment and start making payments which nobody wants to do because then that impacts how much house payment you can afford or to count is it two percent of the loan balance towards as if you had a monthly payment the first change that went into effect did change deferred loan Mm -hmm. payments to two percent of the outstanding balance if there was not a payment reported on the credit report Mm -hmm. That has since changed since uh-huh. that change. And now FHA says, we're not going to allow, per se, deferred loan payments. You're going to refer to the standard, which is if there's no payment listed on the credit report, then use the greater of 1% of okay. the outstanding balance, or you have to document from the loan servicer what that fixed payment would is. be. Yes. Okay. So that's thrown out a lot of people because if you have $100,000 in student loans like an attorney might have and you're only making $30,000 a year, then all of a sudden you have to count $1,000 a month towards your student right. loan debt. You, you, Here, we can qualify you right. for a $10,000 house. And a long time ago, if your de- lo- student loans were in deferment for more than 12 months, you didn't even have to count those payments in those in the debt-to-income ratios. Right. So lots and lots of good information. Um, there's, there's even more that I would love to tell you about. Um, but I just want to encourage you to be informed. Um, I hope that you see with a lot of the changes that we talked about that have happened in FHA over the past 10 years that none of them seem to have sort of rocked our world too badly. We've all survived them. We will probably survive this one too. Take it all in context. Remember that kind of right now we're in a little bit of a a politics game between parties and, uh, you know, there's a lot of juggling and trying to figure out where everybody fits. I think, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I fit too. So um, be informed, be vigilant, listen to real real estate today. As I tell my clients all the time, don't panic yet. I'll tell you when you need to panic. It's not now. Okay, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks, Karen, for joining us. Thanks, Facebook Live. Uh, Tune in next week again for Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.